Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, it really is so great to have every one of you here with us this weekend. It's honestly, it's such a treat uh, after sitting through the first service. Um, and I want to introduce to you one of my, my buddies. Um, we've known each other for years now. And I think every person, of course, every pastor, but just every person needs to have some people that you build into your life that are encouragers and people that can tell you to keep going when you're having rough days and people that can celebrate when you're having great days. And I feel like this is a relationship in my life that God's blessed me with. And um, when, he, when he moves to Thailand, it probably won't feel that different because I, I really don't ever see him. Uh, our relationship is mostly over the phone, but it has is, it is really shaped my life. And so these are amazing people. They're here with their th- three beautiful kids. It's Jeff and Liz Travis, and they pastor an amazing community. Uh, this church community is called, appropriately, Community of Faith. They have an incredible campus. They're 100% portable. They set up and tear down every week in a YMCA. And if you were to go into these towns, they are reaching the forgotten cities of America and forgotten cities of Ohio. And so they're rolling in there where a lot of people are moving away. They're moving in, and they are doing some incredible things. And so um, there are people, and uh, they, they can resonate with what we're doing here in the Rust Belt, right? And so um, anytime we can expose our church to an amazing uh, ministry that is making a difference, I want to do it. And um, this, we'll tell you more about their mission in his message. He's going to explain where they're headed and what God's doing. And um, I'd, I'd love for you guys to give a huge uh, applause as we bring Pastor Jeff Travis to the stage. I love you, man. Oh my gosh, I love Pastor Joe. The more I hang out with Erin, though, she's winning. Um, it's true. She's wonderful. I'm so excited. I could gush on your, your clan for so long. I'll say this. The longer I'm in ministry, I graduated Bible school in 2005, so I've been around this for about 16 years. The longer I'm in ministry, the less I'm impressed with the size of a church and the quality of a sermon, and the more I'm impressed with people's character. If they've been in this, if they still love Jesus and still love their wife, it's a big deal. You have no idea. Ministers get chewed up and spit out by life. And so the fact that I know that your pastor loves Jesus and he really loves his wife, he doesn't just love her, he likes her. Because I'm not kidding, man. You can have love in a marriage, but you got to like each other too. You got to wake up and be like, listen, single people, I'll tell you what, marry somebody you think's hot. I'm trying to help you out, okay? Are you, raise your hand if you're single. All right. Is there someone in the room you like? We can. Anyway, sorry. Um, I'm not kidding. You don't wake up next to somebody's potential. Amen. You wake up next to their face. And so speaking of beautiful faces, my wife is Elizabeth is here. Do you like that segue? I've done this before. All right. Um, she's in the front row. I'm so excited. We're really, really blessed to be here. We uh, <clears throat> like like Pastor Joe said, well, I'm going I'm to jump right in. I want to pray first. I need, I feel really at home. So I don't know what this service is going to look like, man. Joe has made me feel really welcome. You guys are excited. So we're going to have fun, but let's pray. Cause I need Jesus and the Holy spirit. Father, we just worship you. Wow. Father, I thank you that we don't ever get too busy doing ministry or church to not just be in awe of your love and glory to not wonder at the majesty of Jesus and to not be grateful for the presence of Holy Spirit. Just move today. Give me your words. Give me your agenda and let your power minister to your people. 
in the matchless, holy, and limitless name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we run a ministry, my wife and I are called New Life Commission. And so this is us. And so we've been married now for 14 years. 14, I got it right the first time and I'm gonna keep going. I'm excited about that. We met at Bible school. It was loathe at first sight, not love. Uh, It was interesting. So don't dismiss the person you don't like. You could end up marrying them forever. Um, So uh, it worked out. I don't tell that story because the more I tell it, the worse I look. And so we just keep it going. But for the last seven and a half years, uh, we were youth pastors and associate pastors for about seven years. And for the last seven and a half years, we've been uh, a campus pastor. So I love being at a a campus, multi-site. We've been campus pastors at a YMCA. So when I look up and there's not a basketball hoop above my head, it's kind of weird for me, but I'm okay. The fact that the seat was cushy was amazing because we, you know, we do set up, tear down. We have hard plastic chairs, but it was wonderful. Um, For the last 19 years, my wife and I have done a lot of missions work. My wife worked for a missions organization. We've traveled around the world at least 30 times between the two of us. And about five years ago, in different ways, got put on our heart to go. Now, I had to preface this. I love my church. Sunday mornings are still my favorite time. You're like, I think all pastors should love their church. They should. They don't. Yours does. Way to go. Um, But I love it. I love what we do. I love where we are. I am living the dream and I'm leaving it, <laughs> if you can believe it. Because about five years ago, God put in my heart and Elizabeth's heart that we were going to move. And we didn't know where, we didn't know why, we didn't know how, we didn't know what. And two and a half years ago, I put in my notice at the church. I thought two and a half, two years was a pretty good notice, you know. It wasn't a little more than two weeks. I thought, I thought that was pretty good. And I went in 2019 in October uh, to Thailand to, uh, uh, to check out a ministry called Life Impact International. And my eyes were open to the world of human trafficking. And so we're actually going in June to Thailand. I'm taking my three beautiful children. There are two, well, almost two, four and five. And we are moving on June 22nd. So keep us in your thoughts and prayers um, to Thailand. But what I've discovered is we're going to go and we're going to work with this organization. But I want to give you a little stats because I want to make you really uncomfortable. And then we'll have some fun as we move towards the end. But I'm just going to talk about Thailand, because usually when we think human trafficking, we think the windowless van that's really creepy, snatches somebody off the road, you know, they drive away, and, and who knows what, you know, you saw Liam Neeson in Taken, you know, I mean, this is, this is where we go, but around the world, it looks a little bit different. Um, half the world's population that's in human trafficking is due to poverty, and so it's a totally different world. In Thailand, though, I'm going to focus on that, because that's where we're going. There are currently, the estimate is 610,000 people that are currently enslaved in human trafficking. Now, these are the numbers that they know. Okay, how many of you know when they report the numbers on COVID, those are the people that actually tested positive and reported it, not everyone who's ever had it, right? That makes sense? These are the people that they know. The boots on the ground tell us it's much more. But of that 600,000 in Thailand, two-thirds are children. Two-thirds are under 18. If you play with the math, that's a little over 400,000 children are in human trafficking, are enslaved in it. And the really scary part is 75% of people who are trafficked in Thailand is for sexual exploitation. So that's about 300,000 kids right now in the small country of Thailand that are being used and abused for sexual exploitation. And when I say that, it's way, 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 way grosser and worse and more horrible than I can even imagine. Like, it's, it's, really, it's really tragic. 66% of them are girls. Uh, and as a fa- I, have a, I have a two-year-old, almost two-year-old little girl. 
Ooh, buddy, I thought it was good. I have two boys, and I'm like, it's fine. Girls are the same. They're not. She wins. She's the princess. I love her. She can have anything she wants. I tell her that all the time, and thankfully, she won't remember, I hope. Anyway, because she's only two. But uh, I went there in, 2000, in 2019. I went to Thailand, and they kind of gave me the tour. They wanted to show me what was really going on. And I think one of the things that stood out the worst to me was when I stood on the banks of the river. We're right on the Burmese border. And Thailand has some rules, and they have some regulations, and they have some stuff. But Burma's the Wild West. Right now, they're in a civil war. And so there's a whole lot going on there that's absolutely crazy. But I stood on the banks of the river and they pointed this blue building out to me. And this blue building, they said, I'm literally, I mean, I, I took this picture. So this tells you where I was. That blue building is a brothel, but that's not just a brothel like you would see in an old saloon. Those are brothel for children. Everyone in that brothel is under the age of 18. More likely, they're actually under the age of 16. And when I say Kids, I'm not talking just teenagers. I'm talking kids my kids' age are in there being used and abused and prostituted. I, I told you we'd have fun later, but right now it's really tragic. You gotta understand why I'm willing to leave everything I love. I want you to get it. Because literally, they've rescued kids at four and five years old and they, they go to pick them up and they wanna hold them on their hip. Come on, I hold my kids on my hip all the time. And they would actually fight their knees being anything but open because they already know that abuse. It's not okay. It's just, oh, man, I got kids. It's not okay. I never wanted to go Rambo on people before. I'm a pretty chill guy. I have two speeds, crazy and asleep, you know. But uh, I, I, I'm a pretty chill guy. I'm a pacifist. I'm really nice. I will turn the other cheek. But I really wanted to hurt some people when I stood on the banks and I saw that. That's just being honest. That's the humanity side, not the Jesus side. He died for people. I wanted to introduce them to him. Um, it was a church joke, but that's okay. But in Thailand, most of the kids that are trafficked are because they're poor. They're poor, so they get kidnapped. They're poor, so their parents sell them. They're poor, so they don't know. They think they're having another opportunity, and they don't know they're going into traffickers. They are hurting and broken, and they are poor, and it's, it's, it's really, really bad. And so what happens a lot of times is they, they end up in horrible places. And so we, we're going to work with an organization that rescues them. And so we can ask, though, this question. They had a woman who actually sold her baby for a pack of cigarettes. Like they actually rescued a child and all it cost them was a pack of cigarettes. Now, how many of you know that's not a mom that should be raising a kid if you're willing? Because if they trade them to us, they trade them to anybody. But God put it on my heart when I'm standing there and I'm in Thailand and I'm seeing that blue building, I am feeling completely hopeless and overwhelmed and God put it on my heart. He said, this is a symptom. So what is a symptom? This is a problem. This is the devil. He goes, Yes. But Thailand's in the middle of something called the 1040 window. I want to tell you a little bit about that. The 1040 window is a latitude and longitude pocket. And you can kind of see it there. 60% of the world's population live in that window. In that window, 80% are impoverished. So that tells you about the human trafficking. But 61%, and that's the conservative number. There are other numbers that are higher. 61% are unreached. And by unreached, I don't mean they don't go to church. I mean they've never heard the name of Jesus one time. Not one time. No one has ever said Jesus to them. And with all our technology and all our skills and Facebook and all this kind of stuff, God has, we have not become obsolete to go. The mandate of go. Because no one's telling them. Come on, I don't care what internet they have. If they don't know, hey, maybe I should search the God of the Christian. They're not doing that. 
They're, they're just not. It's not even in them. They don't even know. They're living in darkness. Of missionaries that travel the world, 3% go to the unreached. And so we saw that. We thought that was, that was not enough. But the reason people will sell their kids, the reason people are lost and broken and hurt, the reason trafficking is so big in these parts of the world is because they're living in darkness. The gospel is a solution. You change somebody. This is a heart issue, not just a people issue. This is a heart issue, not just a person issue. So they need the gospel. And this came real to me several years ago. I was in Thailand, and I'm in a city of 14 million people. I'm in Bangkok, Thailand, right? And you think, you know, what's in the sticks? Those, those people in small towns. We love small towns. I live in a small town. I live in a town now that was the size of my high school when I was growing up. It's kind of crazy. But we live in a small town and we love town. No, no. I was in a town of 14 million people and I met this beautiful woman whose name I won't try and butcher. She was 80 years old. And this tells you where we're at. I was the first person to ever say Jesus to her. She lived on this planet for 80 years. Anybody? No, I won't ask. Never mind. Um, But listen, she lived on this planet for 80 years as a Buddhist woman. And what she told me is that she spends her life kind of loaning her great nephew who she cared for to the Buddhist monks so they would train him because she's trying to earn credit on her account so that when she dies, she can come back and be reincarnated as something better than a woman because as a woman, she has known for the last 80 years that she is worthless. Okay, well, of course you would sell your kids because they're worthless. Of course you would sell your daughters and give them away because you think they're worthless. How many of you know that's not true? She's made in the image and likeness of God. She's a beloved daughter of God. He looks at her and his heart breaks. Jesus died for this woman, not to think that she can come back as a stupid butterfly because that might be pretty, but because she is loved and beloved by him. And so what we do is honestly, we we had the opportunity to share the gospel with her. And I'll tell you two things because it was stinking awesome. She literally walked up at a full 90 degree bent over because her back was so bad she had her cane. And we got to sit with her and talk to her and share Jesus. And I watched her get born again. And then I watched Jesus heal her. And she danced like a champ. It was awesome. She danced with her cane. She ran around. It was amazing. Why? Because Jesus, man, he brings brings light into darkness. That's what he does. That's who he is. And all we got to do was just share it with her. And so I went there and I saw the impossible. And then I saw this place called the promised land. And the promised land is literally an organization we're going to go work with where they rescue kids and they put them in homes. And I can tell you more story after story after story, but they put them in homes. And what they do is honestly, they take kids and they put them with a Thai mom and a Thai dad and they're safe. And for the first time in their lives, they're not worried if they're going to be bought, sold, used or abused. They actually experience love. They experience the gospel. And so my wife and I are actually going, they have over 75 to 80 kids right now on the promised land that have been rescued and their families. And what they need is they need people to come and pastor them and care for them. But what they also need is someone to work with prevention. We're going to go and actually prevent because if you're hungry, come on, I like practical. If you're hungry and you're going to sell your kid to feed your other kids, I'm going to get you food. Like, let's just feed you, and then I can teach you how to be a parent. If you think your kid's worthless, I'm going to tell you who you are, who God made you. I'm going to give you the gospel. Then you're going to see the value of that. Then you will do anything not to sell your kid. I got three kids. You can't have them. They're mine, and I will fight you, right? Like, this is how it should be. Why? Because I know their value. They were made by God, and so we're going to go, and we're going to share the gospel with these people. We're going to do prevention and rescue, and we're going to love these children into the kingdom of God and their families, and we're going to see it. Thailand as a nation is one, one, one percent Christian. 
That means 99% are going to hell. That's not okay. Like, I love my church. I love my community. I love my house and my car. And I I love so much about Ohio and where I'm from and everything. But 99% going to hell isn't okay. I can't sit still. It's just not in me. So that's where we're going. When you leave, uh, there's a table over there. I'll show you two quick things. This is kind of who we are, what we do in a nutshell. These are pamphlets. Um, If you want to help us at all, you can help us go, which obviously is is just a one-time gift because we got to rebuild our entire lives. We sold our house. We're selling everything we have. We get a couple suitcases each and we're moving to Thailand. Or you can help us stay. If you want to become a monthly partner, you can sign up online and reoccurring giving, however it goes. And then I need your help because I want you to pray. So these are little like refrigerator magnets. QR code will send you to our website. You can stay up with us. But honestly, we're going to a place where they still do animal sacrifices to, uh, to appease the spirits. So when I tell you it's, it's pretty crazy, it's pretty crazy. That's where we're going. So I, I'm going to go, my, our plan is to go into the devil's playground, kick him in the face and steal back all the kids he tried to take. And it's going to be awesome because Jesus is amazing. Like he can do it. It's easy because he's awesome. Oh man, I'm in love with Jesus. He's my favorite. So um, I'll be really honest. That, that's what we're doing. But today, who, buddy? I feel really free because Joe's been so nice to me. So today I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about God's faithfulness because I had a little old lady on Thursday. I was at Kroger. This little gal from our church, she was so sweet. She came up to me and she's talking and everyone's excited for us and sad for us, you know, all at the same time, you know. And uh, that's how we feel. We're excited to go. We're heartbroken to leave. And she's just like, it sounds really dangerous though. And I'm like, yeah, well, it is what it is. I always make the joke. I'm like, I'll be the biggest guy in the whole country. I mean, let's be honest. Come on. The Thai people ain't huge, all right? It's cool. And I love Pad Thai, so it'll all work out. Um, but, uh, but I just thought, man, there's a reason I can take my kids, and there's a reason I can take my family. There's a reason I can give everything, because I, I genuinely know I have a faithful father. Like, I am thoroughly 100% convinced. I will sell everything to chase Jesus, because I know I have a faithful father. Now, I, I want to read something to you. This is Hebrews chapter 10. And this is kind of my big idea for the day is the fact that God is a faithful father. Hebrews 10, 21, it says this. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. With our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Now listen, you could be in here and you can be kind of hurting because I think there's a lot of church people in you. You've been in church a long time. I've been in church my whole life, all right? My parents drugged me to church since I was a little, little kid. I've been pastoring for a long, long time, okay? I'm a church person. I'm a Jesus person. I love it. But I bet there are people in here who are hurting. And so when I say God is faithful, you're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before whatever, because you're in the middle of something. There are some people in here who don't need another Christian cliche because it's not helping because people have, have told you, hey, God's faithful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I've been in situations where people are like, hey, brother, he's faithful. I'm like, go get hit by a car because I don't want to hear it. Listen, I'm, I'm human. Sorry, I got issues. And when I tell you my story, maybe you can, you can understand a little bit more. But some of you say, you don't know where I am and what I've been through. And you're right but I'm really glad you're here because I'm going to tell you where I am and what I've been through. In 2007, my wife and I got married. It was awesome. She said yes, and I was thrilled. 
It was really awesome. Um, I did propose to her with a Taco Bell hot sauce packet. And so um, she kind of knew what she was getting into from the beginning. We'll just say that. In 2010, we started uh, trying to have kids. We started trying to expand our family. Such a weird word for married people. Anyway, we're going to leave that alone. Um, not this class. In 2011, we got pregnant. I came home from this mission trip. My wife greeted me at the airport with a mommy t-shirt. I lost my mind in the Detroit airport. It was really loud. You have no idea. It was great. It was wonderful. Until about four weeks later when she started having some bleeding. And then six weeks, she, uh, she passed our son and she miscarried. And so I would tell people, I, uh, I have an eternal son and I didn't have to pay for college. So I get him forever and it, it saved me, you know, that. But fast forward to 2016. So we've been trying now for six years. And I'll tell you what, if you've ever struggled with infertility, you know, you cry every month. There's that wonderful reminder that comes every month that you are yet again not pregnant. And I am the pastor. I'm pastoring. I'm a youth pastor. I'm an associate pastor. I'm a good dude. My wife and I, we were virgins when we got married. We were the poster childs for good, right? Well, she was. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, anyway. She was like the best. I was just kind of okay. But honestly, like if anybody, I got teenagers that are hooking up in the back of seats and they're getting pregnant in the back of cars. And I'm like, what is going on? So we... After six years, we start this adoption thing, and I'm like, okay, it takes us six and a half months and more money almost than my mortgage just to get through this process. But adoption's awesome because we get matched right out of the gate. August, we get finalized, approved. The end of August, we get matched. And I'm like, God, you're so good. Thank you. And our church rallied behind us, and they got excited for us. And I got more diapers than I knew what to do with, and I was a little terrified by the amount of diapers because I didn't know kids went that much. I was like, really? Do I... This is good, right? They're like, that's for the first week. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, and so we're going and I'm pumped, man. I built the crib. I made the nursery. I got the car seat. It took me an hour to figure out how to put it in the car, but that's okay. It was secure. You know, like I am ready to go. And, and the birth mother in this scenario, she was going to be induced on December 1st. November 30th is Wednesday, 2016, if you remember. Um, I get a phone call at about 10 in the morning getting ready for work. And it's from my adoption agency and she changed her mind. And this child that I've been praying for and have named for the last three months, every night we would pray over Asher. That was my son. We'd speak over him. I'd speak over his crib. I'd speak and pray over his car seat. That was my kid. She changed her mind. I remember dropping the phone. I remember dropping to my knees I remember telling my wife, and it's the most faith I've ever seen because she stood up and said, it's going to be okay. I remember being in my shower and I'm on my knees and all I can do is gasp to God. I can't even pray. All I could do was say, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. It didn't sound like that because I was ugly crying for days. That's all I had. The next day we we got 20, or I got over 40 text messages that next day congratulating me on the birth of my son. So that afternoon, the day he was born, we had to go on Facebook and tell the world, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. We don't need your opinions. We would love your prayers. Sometimes you got to set healthy boundaries for people. Three days later, mom didn't change her mind. I'm standing like I am now in front of my entire church who rallied, who were excited, who we're pumped, and I had to tell them that my crib is empty, my car seat is empty, my home is empty, but my God is faithful. 
I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what, I don't know what it even looks like. And I tell you what, I have had a miscarriage and I have had a failed adoption. That hurts more. It did because I knew him for longer. I knew him. Months go by. We apply to over 40 different children to adopt over the months. April comes around and we put out a Facebook ad because we don't know what else to do. It's just not going through. This woman picks us. This time she wants a relationship. We go out to lunch. We go out to dinner with them and the social worker. We go to doctor's appointments. I'm in the room seeing an ultrasound of my kid. I find out it's a boy. I take the pictures home. They're on my fridge until we get another phone call. Round two. But my God was faithful. And I can still remember walking into my pastor's office, telling him what happened. And I said, he's faithful. And I slammed the door because I said it, even if I didn't feel it. Because he's faithful, even if I don't feel it. We keep going a couple months. My wife gets a phone call on a Friday. Would you be interested in a nine-month-old from our agency? We're not sure because everything I have is newborn. Everything my wife has seen in her heart and in her mind is like the little mini humans. And then we get this baby and this baby is, is nine months old. And so we go and we, we meet with the mother and that's the weirdest job interview you've ever been on. It's like, hi, I'm cool. I will be a good dad. Like it's like everybody was awkward and uncomfortable and I never shut up. So I just kept going. I'm like, you got to stop me, please. So that was a Sunday. On Wednesday, we brought him home. She picked us. We went and picked him up. He was fat. He was nine months old. Listen, he's nine months and 26 pounds. Boy, howdy. He looked like state pub marshmallow, man. But I bring this kid home, and here's what I got to tell you, and this is why I know my God is faithful. I found out when I brought him home, I found out. His name is Isaiah Michael Travis now. I find out his birthday was December 4th. So on the day I stood with an empty crib and an empty car seat and a ripped apart heart and told my church, my God is faithful. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know what. He is faithful. That's when my son was born. And so I got to tell you, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're in. I don't know what seems so impossible because there are times where you look at God and go, really, I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm doing everything I can figure out. I'm living in this the best I can. What is going on? He's still faithful. If you will not quit, if you will not do it, if we will hold on, if we will unswervingly grab hold of him, he is faithful. This is what I need you to do if you're in a situation and maybe you're not in it right now, but I need you to lean in. Listen, I told people, I talked it, I cried it, I moaned it, I leaned in. I leaned in. I put all my eggs in that basket. I had no other options. We spent all the money we had. We went to doctors. We tried everything. I did everything I know to do. I literally ran out of options to build my family. And I just leaned in and said, God, you got to do this because I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I came to the end of myself over and over and over. And this is what I learned where, how you lean will determine where you land. 
How you lean will determine where you land. If you lean into God, you will land closer to God. I can take all three of my kids to a dangerous part of the world and sacrifice everything I know because I know he's faithful because I leaned in and I landed closer to him. And the closer I get to Jesus, the more faithful he shows himself to be so he can have my life, he can have my family, he can have my kids, he can have my everything because he's faithful. Not because I'm crazy, but because I've experienced something because I leaned in. And some of you are going through things and there's a temptation to lean away. And if you will lean away in the difficulty, I'm just not sure about this thing. I'm going to hit pause. I'm not going to pray as much. I'm not going to go to church. Like some, we, we lean in. Sometimes we see difficulties as an excuse that God might not exist instead of evidence that we need him even more. You need God more than you think. I need God more than I think. I need Jesus. I was never meant to live this life without him. I need the power of the Holy Spirit rampant in my life. Because where you, how you lean will determine where you land. And so I can do this. I can, oh man, I can go on this adventure. I'll follow Jesus anywhere. We say that. Come on, that's a cute Christian term, right? I get to live it. I get to live it a lot of it. I'm going to go and I'm going to make people really, really mad because we're going to rescue their kid, the kids that are their profit margin. I'm going to make the devil really, really mad because we're going to go into his kingdom and we're going to tear it down. And it's not scary because he's faithful. That's all I got. I got one thing. I got one, I got one sermon. It's Jesus. He's faithful. He's awesome. He's wonderful. And he can take care of me and he can take care of you if you will lean in. I got all these really great notes. I'm not going to get to any of them because he really just wants to tell you how much he's faithful. And I got to do... I got, <laughs> Jesus is fun. He's really fun. I got to pray for somebody. Is that okay? Am I allowed to pray for somebody? Is that cool? I don't really care. You could say no, and I'm still going to do it. So it's totally fine because it, it, I'm, I'm up here during praise and worship, and the Holy Spirit's wonderful. You should partner with him in life because you're never going to live your Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You get into the family of God through the blood of Jesus. You live in the family of God through the help of the Holy Spirit. All right? Does that make sense? Amen. So he talked to me, and I would... <laughs> I want to pray for you too. So I would like you to come up here if you can. I can come to you. Either way, it's happening. So I don't know. This is super uncomfortable. But listen, I got to tell you, come on up here. I just got to tell you, you don't know. They are, they're so pretty and they're so trendy. It makes me, I had to find my coolest outfit just so I feel like I fit in. I don't even know if I made it. But honestly, they're so wonderful. And God put it on my heart so much because I know I know spiritually and I know intellectually, right? Like I know stories, but there's the stories behind the stories. And you are so blessed. And I just want to pray because God put something on my heart for them. And I just see it. I just see his faithfulness. I see his faithfulness expanding in your life. Aaron, you do not complain about the cost because you have seen the reward but that doesn't mean there was a greater cost. And I just see this idea and this, I saw you and I saw this opening up of the reward. And, and you really, it's fun because you can stand up here and you can sing and worship, but you really don't like this because everyone's staring at you and it's uncomfortable. I know how much you hate it. I totally get it. But he sees you and he's faithful. And he sees the cost that nobody else sees. He sees the cost that he hasn't even seen. He sees the cost of your heart and your time and your energy. He sees the cost that you have done where you have put yourself down. You have lifted others up. You have ignored 
the criticism or the ideas or the sacrifice, the things that nobody knows. He's tallied them up. And he's so faithful. And he's so faithful. And he's so faithful. You both are legacy. Because it's in your DNA. You came together for a purpose. You came together for a reason. And God put it in you. And you look at your children and he's faithful. You're a PK, both of you. But you see it in your kids. And he's faithful for your kids. And there are things he's put in your heart. And sometimes it seems like wishful thinking for your children. It's like, I don't know if that was me. I just wanted her. If that was God. No, no, that's him. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to you because he's faithful for you. He's going to be faithful for them. Because Joey's right there. I love that guy. He's awesome. He's faithful. So will you pray with me? I just want to pray for them. All right. Is that cool? Will you pray? Say yes. All right, cool. This is good. All right. Just bow your heads and pray. Father, I thank you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you so much because you're so faithful. Father, I lift up Pastor Aaron in the name of Jesus. I just pray that your spirit would rest on her in a fresh and new way. Open her heart and open her mind. I release your love over her in Jesus' name. I thank you that you are faithful. Nope, nope, she's never been overlooked. She's never been forgotten. She's never been pushed to the side. Father, I thank you that in your heart and in your mind, she has always been center stage, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I thank you for healing anything and everything that has hurt in the past. Every difficulty that you've seen that no one else saw, every scar that she has that no one else knew, Father, I thank you for healing and fullness in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for Pastor Joe in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the anointing you placed on his life. I thank you for everything you put in him. It's just, oh, it's just getting started. I thank you for increase right now in Jesus' name in what you put him, in the gifting, callings, and talents you placed on the inside of him. Increase in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that as he looks to the future, he sees your faithfulness in the impossibilities. He sees your faithfulness every time he comes against something that seems impossible or improbable. I thank you that he sees this as an opportunity to grow in your faithfulness because you give him the courage to do so. Bless them, Father. Bless their children. In Jesus' matchless name, I thank you for that anointing and that growth and power in the matchless and holy name of Jesus. And everybody in agreed said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can sit now. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, man, I had to pray for them. I'm sorry. It was big in my heart. So my kids, I said, hi, wife. I love you. They sat through two services almost, so I'm really grateful. I just want to take a moment. I'm just going to wrap up. You can cue that really cool music, too, because that's me not knowing how this works, so I just tell people, but I got, I got two, I got, I'm going to pray for two different things. One, I'm going to pray for, for people who don't know Jesus. But before I do, there's two categories of people. And, and I prayed for this a little bit in the first service, but I want to pray a little bit differently this time because I hear it a little bit differently. I want to pray for people that might be in a struggle. You're in a season to where I say, hey, God's faithful, brother. And you could be like, yeah, but you don't know. Or you're like, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it now. I'm looking around. I'm not seeing it. It's not feeling too faithful at the moment. Like I know I'm supposed to say that. Come on. You ever been in that moment? I have been a pastor. I've stood on stage. I didn't feel it when I told the church he was faithful. I wasn't, I wasn't living there. I wasn't, I didn't have all the goosebumps. So, oh, God's just so good. No, I was ripped apart inside. I'm not kidding. I'm just being real because I don't know how else to be. 
You deserve authenticity and a little bit of transparency. So if you're here and you're not feeling it, and I feel it in, in, in physical stuff. Come on, you've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying. God, heal me, God, help me. God, heal me, God, help me. There are people in this room, I think you've been praying for a long time. And you're starting to just go, well, I'll just deal with it. You're gonna start leaning away from the fact that God might move in that circumstance instead of leaning in. I just wanna pray for you. So if you're here today, this is what I want you to do. Just everybody just close your eyes real quick, by your heads. The Holy Spirit is in this room and he is, he's tangibly gonna work in your life right now. Because I'm gonna pray, if you're in this room and you're in this place right now and you need that, you need God's faithfulness. You need help to stay. You need help to lean in. You just need encouragement and pushing. You just, oh, it's like, I need heaven to move in my life. I need the pain to go from my body. I need my heart to heal from my past. If that's you, we're going to pray right now. Father, I th ah, Father, I thank you. Just close your eyes and I want you to picture what life would be like if you got everything you needed. Just close your eyes right now and just picture what would life be like if you got everything you needed. And if you need something from heaven, I only want you to do one thing. I just want you to stick your hand up. Not for me, not for anybody else, but I want you to point, stick your hand up to heaven like you're about to get something from God. I want you to have a posture in your heart saying, I am willing, I'm putting all my eggs in, I'm leaning into you, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Father, I thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. And I ask right now through the power of the blood of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in this room, I thank you right now for healing hearts right now in Jesus' name. From bitterness that has been there for years, Father, in the name of Jesus, from, from that person they just can't forgive, and it's like a, a callous in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. Soften that callous, soften their heart, wound those scars right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're like oil and you just run over their hearts right now. In the name of Jesus, what seems impossible, I thank you that you're with them in the midst of. You said we could have peace that doesn't even make sense. Peace that passes understanding. I thank you, Holy Spirit, give them peace. Even if nothing changes in their circumstances in this moment, let them change through the power of the Holy Spirit right now. thank you for it. Be with them. Be with them. Be with them right now. And I thank you, Father, right now. If you're here and you need healing, just put your hand wherever you need healing. He said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You're a believer. Do it. Father, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, work through the hands of your children. I thank you, Father. Pain, you have to go in Jesus' name. Pain, you have to go right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for full movement and ability in Jesus' name. I thank you for dissolving every issue in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for clarity of sight, for clarity of hearing. I thank you ears you got to open fully in Jesus' name right now. I thank you that you're here right now. Holy Spirit, heal their bodies. Heal their bodies in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we love you. I want to talk to one more group of people real quick. Just bow your heads and close your eyes, but examine your hearts. If you're here 
Some of you are here and you don't know. You don't know. You don't know about a faithful father who's in heaven. You wouldn't say that you know Jesus. You would never say, you might, you might know about God. You may have been in church before, but you're still struggling. You don't know what it's like to say that I have been freed from sin. You don't know what it's like to say that God is my father. You don't know what it means to be brand new on the inside. Jesus died not so that you could be better, not so that you could attend church. Jesus died so that you could be new on the inside. He died so you could be free from your sin and free from your struggle. He died so that you could become his child. And he didn't fail. He said, if you will call out to me, my spirit will come in you. It will make you born again and brand new. So if you're here today and you say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, if that's ever happened in my life, you would know. If I asked you, have you ever jumped out of a plane? You would know. Because there's no question. In the same way, if you don't know that you are born again and a child of God, I want to pray right now. The words matter about as much a bit, but the heart matters most. So I want you to just repeat after me, and everybody in the room is going to do it with you because they love you, and they want you to jump into the family of the kingdom of God. So with your heart as open as possible, don't speak to me, don't speak to your neighbor, speak to God. Everybody say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new inside. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my future. I want to be your child. And I want you to be my God. Jesus, make me new now. Forgive my sins and my past. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, do me a favor. Give it up for people who just prayed that. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.